congratulations are in order, apparently. I see uh, we're in a... Is that a boutonniere or a cassage? I can never remember. Okay. I remember uh, a guy um, preached a wedding uh, when I was... Uh, not my wedding, uh, but a, a friend of mine. And uh, he had come up and he rented a tux. And then they said, you have to rent it for the weekend. So he preached in the tux on Sunday. And it's like, I paid money for it. I'm getting the money out of it. So. We're at our last sermon of this series. And uh, to this point, we've had uh, a few things in common with all of our topics. Everything that we have discussed is about an aspect of a, of a person who is going to make it into Christ's kingdom in terms of something that's something that is expected of them. And 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 we do notice, I, I think as we as we go through the Beatitudes, we notice that these are there, there's no things that are actions in, in terms of specifically do this and, and you'll be in the kingdom. Uh, if you uh, th- there's no statements, for example, you know, blessed are those who tithe. Right? There's, no, there's no statement like that. Blessed are those who go to church. Or whatever. Now, I'm not saying that those things will not bless you. Right? I, I, we'll obviously be blessed. We'll, we'll obviously have benefits and, and favor for uh, and things that are improvements and, and, and things that build us up for doing behaviors. But I'm just saying, that's not where Christ's focus was at this point in time. That, that's not what Christ was trying to get across. He wasn't trying to get across a, a, a new set of activities for people to, to, to engage in to get God's blessings. Uh, <clears throat> when kids see these things, there's one word... That comes to mind. Character. When a kid sees these things, he knows that he's going to hear the word character at some point in the near future, right? It builds character. It's like, why is all the stuff that doesn't taste good build character? Right? Why don't cookies build character? So, so we, but this is the idea. God said, listen, I want to develop your character beyond the activities. Yes, there's activities we should engage in. Yes, there's things that we should do and not do. But before we get to the minutiae of those expectations, I am expecting and trying to build up character. Uh, and so we come to this, this final one, and this one departs even from that. When we're talking about spirituality, we're going to be blessed, as I say, for observable actions. But, but spirituality digs a little bit deeper than that. And yet we come to this last, this last one. And it departs from even that. Uh, it says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil things against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And this is not a character. I mean, it might be connected at some point, but 
But there is no direct character mentioned. This is just a, something that happens to you. Why? And I, so we look at these, this, this verse, and, and I want to notice a couple of things about it before we get into to breaking it down in, in detail. You, so, so first we notice there's no character mentioned. That's the first thing I noticed. The second thing I notice is that this is the only aspect that Jesus really goes into great detail. The others, Jesus just said it and let it alone. I mean, it was obvious, and Jesus kind of had to explain this one. And I noticed that, and, and maybe this is just for poetical purposes, or, or again, maybe that, that as we look at the blessing, the actual favor that comes from it, we, we find that Jesus ends up where he started. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And that's where we end up. And, and maybe it's because, we're, as I think we're going to see, that, that some of the aspect of this is kind of where we started. We're talking about the poor in spirit. That's where we started. And we kind of end up kind of in this downtrodden, marginalized, something's happening to a person situation. And so I want to look at the posture of persecution. What is our posture well, to, to get into this, I, I think we would need to, to look at the clarification that he has here. The first clarification that he, that he makes is the most significant. He says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. He kind of has to throw that detail in there. He doesn't just say, blessed are those who are persecuted. No, why would he not, why would he not do that? Why, why, why would he not just leave that out there like the others? Well, I think it's because... <laughs> If this statement was made simply, if, if he just said that first part, it would be misunderstood by the people on this, uh, on this mountainside listening to this sermon, his, his first excursion into the area to, 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 to preach the message, they would be lost in this because their understanding of the world is a little bit different. We have the benefit of 2,000 years of of religious history to go back and, and frame this within the context. We talked about how words kind of filter down and sometimes in time they have one meaning. And, and, and Christian words have one religious meaning where, where they didn't have that aspect of their, of their society and their language. So he's got to be a little bit more detailed. They viewed persecution differently. They, they viewed it from a secular standpoint these are very secular people even though they were jewish people they're very secular jewish people as we talked about they didn't have great rabbis up here this, this was the this was like you know triple a ball <laughs> so uh this is like a, or single a i should say a single a ball up, up, up here in, in galilee And so persecution to them was not a religious activity, necessarily. I mean, I suppose it could be. Remember, these are, these are people, they, they remember the Maccabees. That's the last great event in their history. And that was as much a, that wasn't really as strictly religious as it was a, a cultural and, uh, persecution. We don't, we don't really get the idea uh, of what it's like to be a religion and a people. There's only one group of people in the world that can say that, and that's Jews. It's hard for us to imagine that your religious code was the exact same thing as your national 
Constitution. Was, was, I mean, imagine if, uh, imagine if, if the Supreme Court was going to weigh what they're going to do, and they're like, okay, what is uh, Acts 2? Like, imagine if that was how they weighed it, and anything beyond that was not really a part of the... That's what it would be like for them. That, that their Old Testament, or what we call the, the Old Testament, was their, was their law and their religious code at one time. So, so there's, there's like this uh, mixing of, of secular and religious. So, so they didn't really have a distinct religious, like this is in the religious box over here, and this is in the secular box over here. I saw a billboard uh, in, I think it was Whitehall, New York, that really shows kind of how they viewed persecution. This is their idea. It wasn't a, their idea of persecution wasn't religious. It was any oppression. And how has mankind always looked at oppression? Mankind has always looked at oppression as a social class thing. The elites are persecuting me. And this is the the group of the people, the the have-nots, on the side of the hill, looking at the the political leaders in Jerusalem, and and looking at at the religious elites in Jerusalem, and saying, we're oppressed, we're persecuted, and they viewed it entirely from that. They didn't say, oh, we're being oppressed because it's, it's a religious thing. So if Jesus would have said, blessed are those who are persecuted and left it there, they would have thought, yeah, Jesus is on the side of the little guy and, and he hates those, those, those political and religious people down there in Jerusalem. Those, 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 those Pharisees and he hates them. And he's, he's going to rise up and he's going he's gonna to bring us. That, that's where their mind would naturally go. If Jesus left it alone at blessed are the persecuted, because they only look at this through a social class thing. Doesn't matter the difference what the party was. They didn't care what the party was. It's us and them. And mankind throughout history up to the very moment in time that we live in views oppression and, and feels, and, and we get that social envy. It's all around us. We're told to hate the rich, and the rich don't pay their fair share. And da, 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 right? And, 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 and people play social class politics all the time. Because why? Because it's in our nature to view oppression that way. And they bought into this. And Jesus says, no. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. New idea. Jesus is going to filter this. And, and with this sermon, the transition already starts. The transition already starts away from the, the politics and the, away from the, the secular. Jesus is already trying to transition them to a religious idea where those words, even from this point, are going to start filtering out slowly but surely and distilling out just the religious aspect of what God wants. There are three causes of persecution. Jesus is only interested really in, in, in talking about one of them. Remember, we're talking about oppression. 
so, so there is the wrong reason. 1 Peter 4, 14 through 16, he says, if, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because of the spirit of glory and God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but rather let him glorify God in that name. So there's the wrong reason. And you get no benefit for it. Suffering because you did something wrong gives you no bonus points. Some people say, oh, I'm so persecuted. No, you're being punished. That's different. And people feel persecution. Oh, look what he's doing to me. Did you do wrong? Yeah. God says, there's no favor in there. You do something and you deserve it. Not to say that, that you can't be brought back from that or, or that, that God doesn't love you anymore. But, but there's no points for persecution in there. There would be a, a neutral reason. That's not really mentioned in this text. In fact, it's not really mentioned a lot in the Bible. But some suffering just happens in the world because it's natural. Right? Sometimes some we just get taken advantage of. And that, that's probably what they felt a lot of. They hadn't done positive or negative. It's just the social class thing. And Jesus just is skipping right by that. It's not to say that, you're, that you can't be blessed for that. In fact, the Bible does speak to that, 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 that sometimes uh, because of a situation in which you're in, in oppression, makes you more open to things. And I think that's largely why Jesus was where he was at. Because, because people in th- that were the poor in spirit, because of simply how they had been dealt with, were more open to the gospel. But it does not, there's no guarantee of a blessing. And so again, he's got to be specific. You're not going to be blessed simply because someone took advantage of you financially or politically or whatever the case may be. You're not going to be blessed for that. You can be. If that makes you like like these people, like many of these people, we're going to be more aware of their situation and their spiritual need and you address that, then yes. But there's no intrinsic, some people who are oppressed... Never do anything with it. Even if the gospel comes to their door, they will never do anything with it. And so there's no guarantee of blessing, of favor of God. But there is what we're going to deal with today, what Jesus says is the right reason. The right reason for persecution has an intrinsic blessing. Has intrinsic favor. The right reason. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you're blessed. Well, there's a couple of ways to identify this. Peter here identifies it from the differently from Christ. Peter identifies it 
or, or let's begin with Jesus. If we go back to, to the Beatitudes, how does Jesus identify it? From the perspective of behavior, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for character. That, that's how Jesus identifies it. Peter identifies it differently, and they're both accurate. But for your identity. In other words, my behavior comes from my identity. Blessed are you if you are persecuted, right? If people say all these things against you on account of me because you are a Christian. Isn't that interesting? That they're looking at the same thing happening from two different perspectives. My identity. What is my identity? And whatever my identity is will determine my behavior. It will determine my character. Why, then, why does persecution arise from this? I'm being good. And this is what people couldn't understand, and sometimes we still can't understand. Why does bad things happen to good people? Why in the world would people look at the group of people that are trying to... This goes back to the the end of the first century. I think it was was, was Polycarp, or beginning of the second century, and he's, he's he's, he's being persecuted. He's like, I don't understand why you would torture and murder your best citizens. This makes no sense. Oh, it does make sense. We just have to think with a different logic. We have to... Uh, look, Jesus, really this is one of the foundational statements of our, our, our New Testament. Identifying Jesus as coming into the world. John is talking about Jesus coming into the world. He says, the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. The first response to light that darkness has is to try to figure out how to beat it. It's the first thing it says. Don't like this. How do we get rid of it? Hey, okay. it's not. Doesn't seem logical to me, but it has the logic because it must be logical to somebody because it's it, it's what they do. It's what they've always done. I mean. Every time it gets introduced, every time light gets introduced into a dark part, the darkness is, ah, get rid of it. No matter what the people are, no matter what the situation, the culture, the time, the location, same thing, same equation. So it must be logical in, 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 in the world to have this reaction. And it is. First of all, light accentuates their behavior. What do we say? There's, there's, there's two reasons for persecution. Behavior and identity. Well, it accentuates their behavior. You get some light shining on what's going on. Well, I don't like that. I like to do things where people aren't... I mean, if you do your crimes at night, Right? So, why? I don't want people to see the behavior. 
there's an intrinsic shame of the behavior. And rather than fixing the behavior, I'm going to try to get rid of that which shines the light on it. So first of all, the persecution happens because light is showing. But it's also revealing me for who I am, my character, not just the actions. But people are now realizing who I am. I've done a pretty good job of, of showing a side of me that I want people to see. And I have a reputation built up. But as soon as light gets shed on me, oh, now that affects what people think of me. Not just, not just my actions. People start making connections. He's of this. Right? So, so that really is where people don't like the light. It identifies them. It characterizes them. It sums up my identity. Our world is very big on identity right now. Well, guess what? It always has been. And so for these two reasons, it's very logical that the world will persecute the light. It's not unreasonable. It makes every bit of sense. The light came. Why? To build character and to change my identity. And so those who don't want those things to happen are going to resist and persecute what they view as the source of it. Which means if I'm connected to that source, I'm going to be collateral damage in their minds. And so we get to the blessing. Because we get... Again, all up to this point, it makes sense. Up to this point, everything has made sense. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. The, the, the blessings all seem to make sense up until now. Wait a minute. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Are you saying if I'm persecuted, then I'll get the kingdom of heaven? Well, there's two ways of thinking about this. And it, it may be that yes. Or it might be that the reason you're being persecuted is because yours is the kingdom of heaven. It might not be, the cause and effect might be going the other way. But there's actually two favors. If you notice in here, there's two favors. And the first thing that we have is access. We, we started here. We started talking about access to the kingdom of heaven. And there's, there's, two, there's two areas. First of all, obviously, the eternal kingdom. And he, sa he says that. He says, uh, rejoice and be glad for great is your reward in heaven. Right? There's, there's the eternal nature that, that if I stick through the persecution and the suffering, which is temporary, albeit not pleasant, if we stick through it, then guess what? We have an eternal reward. 
But that's not exclusively, I don't believe, what he's talking about. I, I think that's a part of it. But I think access also has to do with a spiritual kingdom. Like, listen, if you're being persecuted, it indicates that you're being spiritual. And you have a, you're part of a spiritual kingdom. If you're not being persecuted for the right reason, we might have some thinking to do. If the church is just sailing smoothly, we might have some thinking to do about our identity and about our behavior. And exactly if we're making waves at all. Or does the world not care? Is ours the kingdom? Am I being blessed? The second thing that we have is association. He says, for so they persecuted the... Great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Guess what? You're part of a club. It's a better club. You got to be a part of a better club. Oh, well, a small detail. They all died. So they persecuted the prophets before you. It's fine print. But it's still a good club to be in. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live for the rest of the time. In the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. And we need to look at this a little bit. So we can, again, we can kind of read this in the wrong direction. I don't think that if you suffer, uh, that that means you're going to heaven. That's, that's not exactly what this means. We, we need to read this in the other direction. If you suffer... In the flesh, for the right reason, it means people are aware that you're connected to the light. That's what this means, I believe. Christ suffered in the flesh. Why? Because he shed light. Because he came into the world, he was light, and the people said, don't like it. And so if we're not suffering... It means we're not, got, no one, we don't have an identity that's readily available to the world around us. There's no identity that says that person's a Christian. There's no, there, there's no behavior that, that's making people uncomfortable with whom they are. That's a problem. Because that does affect my eternal destiny. This is a... You want connection to me. It's going to mean that you have the name of Christ. The name of Christ is something. It's an identity of something. It's not just a name. But it must necessarily imply 
certain character, visible character. If you go to Mexico, and you're a Christian in Mexico, and you're preaching what you're supposed to be preaching, what do you think is going to happen if you're dealing with people's drug addictions in the backyard of a drug warlord? What do you think happens? I know what happens. I know a man named Gil Contreras who had a literal, not figurative, price on his head. In Mexico. As a missionary. Because he was making waves. Because that's their business. You remember Paul. They're in this area and he's like, listen, they're taking our business away. And so now all of a sudden they're being arrested and they're being persecuted. Why? Because you're affecting people because of Christianity. Our Christianity, our, our, our faith, our, what's inside needs to start affecting people on the outside. And so <clears throat> we're just going to, to finish with a, Just a challenge. If you don't know, we're going we're gonna to jump off of this challenge for our next set of sermons. Our challenge is to be dangerous. What do you contain? Something I contain needs to be toxic to the world around me. Something in me needs to be not healthy from the world's perspective. This is a challenge to me because we want to be liked. We want to be thought of as intelligent. We want to be thought of as all these things to the world around us. Because we're civilized, we're cultured, we're, we're all these things. But Christianity is illogical to the world. And so, <clears throat> so it's a choice. And this is why I think why, why Christ ends up where he ends up with. Back at the beginning. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the kingdom. But it all, even, even this may be disguised as something that's exclusively something that happens to you, but it's not. It's not just what happens to you. It's what happens to you because of the character that he's built up throughout this whole list of things. The character that I have. If, if, if I am truly attempting to live righteously and publicly and in, in, in the public world around me. It's going to impact people, and, and that's going to be positive. It's not going to be that everybody hates me. There are going to be people that, that positively influences, but there's going to be people that it negatively impacts by their choice. But if I'm impacting nobody, then I need to step back and, and, and look at why. 
And this is the hard part because, because I'm asking God for a character that will persecute me necessarily. And, and that's, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable where I'm at. I'm just telling you. And I don't want to disrupt that. And this is a difficulty.